Hello, my name is John Boyle. I am a pastor in training at House of Restoration Church in Yukon, Oklahoma, where we have a very fantastic head pastor named David Christensen. And I am going to start a new series of short sermons about topics going on in our society today. A broad range of many different things. So, with that, then let's get started. So, the first sermon that I would like to start with is titled, To Do Without. So, by claiming to be a follower of Christ, but not willing to take a stand and do without something that goes against the laws of God, then what kind of light are you shining? What kind of example for the kingdom of God are you being? If you don't take a stand for what God has laid out in his word, then you're conforming to the environment around you. And if you read your Bible, then I believe that conforming is something that God does not condone. His church should stand as a light, as a beacon, and not just be absorbed into every everyday society, everyday life. If the church is absorbed into everything around it, then where is a moral leadership? Where is anything, where does truth lie? Where can you fall back on to, to seek answers, to seek refuge if the church is just like everything else around it? So a few examples of, of things are a Facebook, and I know there's an argument that Facebook can be used for good things, and I agree, Facebook can be used for good things. Um, Hollywood, how they're probably the biggest group of hypocrites. Um, I know a lot of people say there's hypocrites in church too. And I, come on, come, come on down and join, join the rest of, of the hypocrites. You know, uh, there's hypocrites everywhere, everywhere, but Hollywood in particular wants to get on stage when they win their little awards and they want to, uh, <coughs> bash Christianity and uh, promote their their little causes but like for instance gun control they they want to bash anyone that owns a gun and say how horrible and terrible of a person they are and then turn around the next day and start shooting a movie that's so full of violence that I wouldn't want my my 15-year-old daughter to watch it because it's so gory and bloody and full of gun violence, but yet they're on stage promoting that there should be less guns and nobody should have a gun and gun violence is the is so evil, and yet they make a movie promoting it. So, I, it's, it's it can be very confusing to people. So, as I was saying, as Christians, we owe it to ourselves and most of all, we owe it to God that we we look at 
what an individual, an organization, what what are their values? What are they standing for? So on on camera or the the face that they put on that they portray to be might be one thing, but if you dig in a little bit and see who who do they support? Who does this organization or this person send their money to? You know, so to do our due diligence as a Christian, if you look behind the lines, if you read the fine print, basically, of, a, of an individual or of a, of a corporation or whatever, find out what they really stand for. Find out where their morals really lie. Don't believe just what you see that they portray to the public. Because m- most of the time, what they portray is not who they really are. So... They might could say they're a Christian organization and they do this and they support that and everything else. But then when you dig into it and you notice that that they support uh, gay rights or they support abortion, they, they, they send money to organizations that, that manage these things or, or they fund certain things behind the scenes. I mean, so as a Christian, because who... When you have to answer for stuff, and it, say say you're donating money to this to this organization, so when it comes down to the judgment seat, when you're standing in front of Christ, and He says, "Well, how come you were donating all this money all these years to an, an organization that was supporting abortion? What are you going to say? Well, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know they said that they weren't doing that, so." That makes me innocent, right? Because they just I just assumed that what they said was true. I didn't actually ever dig into it or look behind the scenes. So this not only goes for being a Christian, I mean this this goes for anything, but it's even more substantial when you are a Christian because when you have to answer for the the choices and the decisions that you make in, in your life, I mean you, you can't just stand there with a deer in the headlight look and say, well, I just didn't bother to look into it any further. I just, I just assumed. And we all know what assuming means, right? So, in in no way, in no way am I saying that you should hate an individual or, or, or anything, you you can you can love the individual but not support their their habits or not support their beliefs or whatever. If their beliefs go against yours, that doesn't mean that you don't like them or that you that you hate them in any way. There's no hate. You still love them very much, and you will do anything you can for them. It's just that, it's just that their their beliefs, their outcome, the direction they're heading is different than yours. The path they're taking does not align with your path. Does not align with what you're taught as a as a Bible believing Christian. It doesn't align with God's word, with His truth, with His commandments, with His laws. Anything that does not align with the will of God, with the Ten Commandments that he laid out in the beginning with Moses, if you can't, if it doesn't fit into it, then it's, it's, it's wrong. Then just leave it alone and walk away from it. If, it. if it doesn't fit into the law of God, then there's no need to even mess with it.
So if an individual, a family member, a co-worker, whatever it might be, if an individual refuses to listen to sound doctrine, to the truth of the Word of God, and, and in no way do you have to be aggressive in trying to explain your side of it, or, or you don't have to tell them that they're stupid and wrong for not believing that every person has to have the veil removed from their eyes in their own way. They have to come to, to Christ on their own, on their own time, in their own way. God does not force himself upon anyone, and we should not force ourselves or force God upon anyone either. If they refuse to listen to sound doctrine, if you tell them over and over and they still refuse to listen to it, it's out of your hands. You've done what God has asked you to do, which is to spread his good news, to be disciples. So you've done what you what he's called you to do by explaining to them that the what they're choosing to do is wrong in the eyes of God. And if they choose to hear you, great. If they choose to spit in your face and threaten you and continue to live the way they want, that's on them. And you have to let God handle it from then on. You have given them the truth. And if they choose to listen to it, great. If they don't, then let God handle it from then on. God says that he wishes that no man would perish, that all men would come to know him. But at the same time, he, he says that not all will. He knows already. I mean, God's God. God knows everything already. But we have to understand, too, that just because we love someone, just because we want what's best for them, and just because that we want them to find their salvation and to go to heaven with us, doesn't necessarily mean that they, they will. Uh, and we can't make someone, we can't force them to find salvation. We, we, we can't. As much as we love them, as much as it might hurt, the choice is theirs in the end to make. All we can do is pray for them, uh, make sure that they, they know, you know where we stand, the, the truth of God, what God's word says about the matter, and let the word of God and the Holy Spirit do what it does. So if, if it is a family member or something, you know, you can tell them that, hey, this is what I believe. And this is what I know is true. This is what the word of God says. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, I will continue to live my life. And you can live yours. And, and I'll, I will always love you. I'll be here if you need me. I'll keep praying for you. But as far as this particular subject or this particular matter, you know, the, the word of God says that you're doing wrong. And, uh, you know, part your ways. Say, you know, I love you and I'll be here. But I can't continue to support you if you keep going down this path of sin. Because the sin is ultimately going to destroy you. And I don't want any part of it.
Now, so, okay, this is a, uh, I'm going to have to change what device I do this on because I keep getting interrupted by phone calls. So, let's continue and finish this up. So, let's examine what Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9.22. And before we read the scripture, let's let's put a little bit more into this. So, in in First Corinthians nine twenty two, Paul says that he, in in a sense, and this is not directly from the Bible. I'll I'll, I'll read the verse here in a minute, but it basically says that he will do whatever it takes to save any man. He'll fit into any environment or make himself whatever he needs to make in order to win a, a soul. Okay, so that is taken and in, in, in misscrewed by believers and non-believers alike. Okay, Paul in no way would uh, sacrifice his relationship with God, in no way would go against the laws of God, um, would no way blaspheme or... He would not do anything against God in order to win a soul. I mean, one example is, um, say that you have been called to uh, go and minister to prostitutes. You don't go into the situation and win them over by sleeping with them. You don't sleep with them and then say, and then start trying to quote scripture to him about being saved because you have just sinned. So where is it getting you to sin in order to win somebody? You never, you never sin in order to win a soul because now you have, <laughs> you've just went against God. You just went against yourself. You just, you've just stepped back a long ways. So another example, uh, 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 a drug user. So you go into an environment and start to minister to, to people that are, that are using d drugs. Does that mean that in order for you to fit in, in order for you to accept them, that you start using drugs also to show that you're a part of them, to show that you understand them or you feel what they're going through or you can relate to them? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You do not compromise yourself and compromise your salvation in order to win someone else. In any situation, you don't win the people over by giving in to their devices, in, by giving in to their sin. You win them by interacting with them on their level where they hang out at, but not giving in to their temptations, into their desires, into their environments, into, into the sin that they're into. You're there to shine your light and to speak the truth of repentance and salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel... If you, if you give in and think you have to relate to them on their level by doing the things they're doing, then your light will be put out. 
and you'll be just as dim as the environment that you're in. And what good is that? What does God call us to do? It calls us to be a light into others, into our environment, into our, our family, our world. The church is supposed to be the light. And we, as followers of Christ, are supposed to be the lights also. We're supposed to stand for the truth, the word of God, and not conform. So not by becoming one of them, but by standing apart from within them, can we win people over? So let's read 1 Corinthians 9.22. This is Paul speaking, and he says, To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this is the New King James that I'm reading out of. So what Paul's saying is that he will go in. He will. Get, the, the The Pharisees they rejected Christ because. Because he he was he surrounded himself with the sinners, with the lepers, with the lame, the weak, the blind. Because he wasn't here to save the saved. He was here to save the the unbelievers, the people that didn't know. He was here to heal the sick. So Paul is saying that I will go wherever I am needed, and I will make myself as them. Not doing what they do, not going into the same sin that they're sinning, but I will make myself as them. So if they're a beggar on the street, then I will be as a beggar on the street with them. And I will minister to them the redemption and salvation of Jesus Christ that they might open their eyes to see the truth. To find eternal life through Jesus. To find hope in their situation. Not to to conform to the to the same sin that they're living in, but to try and bring them out of the sin they're living in. So, that will be the end of the first sermon. And there's many more to go. And I will try and uh, get a different device to do this on so there's not constant interruptions. And we'll start making more of these, better versions of these. This is my first one, so please bear with me as I try to... Uh, get a handle on the best way to do this in the best format so it makes sense and i pray that in all these things that god has given me to write down i, I pray that it's not my voice you hear but you hear the, the the words the scripture of of truth that comes from the word of god that that is what ministers to you that that's what you hear and you don't hear me rambling you don't hear me talking but that the holy spirit will minister to you through through any of it through any of it and with this being a part of the house of restoration website 
please feel free to to watch sermons from our our head pastor David Christensen, a fantastic man, uh, uh, has a heart for people, just loves people, has an awesome calling from God, uh, speaks wonderful sermons, um, watch some videos of our praise and worship team, uh, whatever. I just pray that that in some form of just of of just uh, messing around the website of listening to things that that. God, that the Holy Spirit can can impact you. I, I wish you the best. God bless you all. Um, and just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, bye-bye.